Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. So if you're anything like me, you probably are already thinking about what your schedule is looking like. Now, if you have been fortunate enough to be given your schedule by your principal, there are some things that will help you to navigate what each one of your periods is going to look like. So I wanted to take this opportunity in today's episode to walk you through the process that I follow to plan out my subjects in my schedule according to the required time constraints that we are allowed to use per subject. So the first thing I do is I take the schedule that is generally given in a Word document from my principal, and I make sure that all my preps and things that are non-negotiable, including my gym time, are written in there. And hopefully you have an administrator that gives you kind of the flexibility to allow you to plan and schedule what you would like to do. So once I have my base schedule from the principal, I copy and paste that as a table into a Google Sheet. So I open up a new document at sheets.new and I simply paste the schedule in a table format right into Google Sheets. Now the reason I'm going to do this first step in Google Sheets is because of it being a spreadsheet, I can do quick calculations that are easy enough to figure out to make sure that I am hitting the amount, the time allotments for each subject. So underneath my schedule, I will type out in the first column all of the subjects that I am teaching. And you'll notice if you are watching this as a video replay, I am only teaching in the morning. However, I am going to build out the entire schedule related to what is happening between myself and my teaching partner. So in the first column, I write language, math, science, social studies, health, drama, visual arts, and any other subjects that are not covered by my prep for the week. Now, I also make sure in my schedule that the times are listed for each period as well as the length of each period is written out. Then I start plotting in my schedule. So I know that language is about 500 minutes. I will be teaching language in the morning. So first thing I'm going to do is look for the big chunks of time that I have in my day that I can fit 100 minutes flexible, 100 minutes or a block of time for language. Then I will just simply change the color of the cell and write the word language in the cell. And then in the chart that I made below my schedule, I will enter in how many minutes per subject. So on Wednesday, if I have three periods of language, how many total minutes of it is that day? Now on the end of that chart, I will also have a total column and the total will calculate how many minutes of the entire week. So I use the formula equals sum and then I select the five cells that represent each day of the week and I have the sheet sum all of those levels. So if I change how many minutes are in each column, it will automatically update how many minutes in total are in the week. It saves me a bit of time for when I'm trying to figure out, do I have enough required minutes? And I'm not constantly counting all of it. So kind of, it's a little bit more efficient to make sure that you're hitting those required allotments. Now, sometimes I'll play around with where I'm going to put other subjects. Initially, I put social studies in period one on the days that I have a second period prep. 
However, thinking that through, I know that coming in in the morning requires some transition time. So because it requires transition time, I want a subject that's easy to provide a transition experience. So whether that's a reading activity or a writing activity, if I'm doing language in the morning, it's a lot easier to transition into language than it is to transition into social studies. It also means that that first period, I have zero preps all week, so I can actually start every single day of the week with language so we can get a routine in place. So I like to make sure that if it's possible, I want to be as consistent as possible when planning out the schedule. Now, if this year I was teaching math, I would probably opt to put math first, but I'm not. So math is happening in the afternoon provided by my teaching partner. So instead we'll put language in the morning. Now, after my prep, social studies is a great thing to be putting after my prep because it often involves me doing a lot of prep. So thinking through the reality of it being a teacher, I'm going to put my social studies after my prep so that I have time to prep for it on the days that I have prep. I have social studies afterwards. So there's a lot of consistency here in my schedule. And as I'm entering more things into my schedule, I'm also updating the total number of minutes per day. So on day one, right now in my schedule, I've currently plotted out that I have a 40 minute language period and a 40 minute social studies period. As I enter that down in the first column, it's automatically totaling it in the last column of my chart. So I can update those. Now, the other thing I will add is how many required minutes. So I know that the requirements based on what is provided by my school board, I know the expectation is 500 minutes for language, 300 minutes for math, between 100 and 150 minutes each for science and social studies. So I just put the grand total of being 120 each. And then drama and health and the arts are often half done on their own period, but also they're integrated as well. And then there's phys ed periods as well as health. So I've plotted those in and added up the totals in the columns to make sure that we have the right amount of time for each one of those subjects. So in all honesty, it does require a little bit of playing around, but because you have your schedule up top that you can color code, as well as the chart below where you can total up the number of minutes per day per subject, and then grand total it for the end of the week to make sure that your schedule is in compliance, then this will help save some of that questioning or constant need to check whether or not if you change something or alter something or move something around in the middle of your planning, that this is going to impact how many minutes you have and you can see it completely update as you change things. So you just have to make sure that your addition is there per day and then it will automatically give you a grand total per week. So now that I have the morning plan versus where my language is, so on Monday, I have two periods of language which are, which are split because I don't have an uninterrupted block of time. Then I have my social studies always after my prep, and I have interspersed the days that I have really long language. I have 120 minutes on Tuesdays and Thursdays for language. So my period four, which is right after the first nutrition break, which is a 30 minute period, will have a 30 minutes of health and a 30 minutes of drama where those are separate. Now I do plan on integrating health as much as possible into language. However, having a dedicated period, which can be used sort of as a flex period is good. 
The next block is looking at math. Now math is your other big piece where you need to have 60 minutes of math. Now if I was doing this myself, math would be the second subject I would plot in to make sure I had 60 minutes. Now I knew how my schedule was laid out that as I'm designing it here with the math, these are not the subjects I will be teaching next year, but this would be the process. I knew there was gonna be enough time for math happening in the afternoon. So I start off by looking at when is the best time to have math. There will be a transition for students as they're transitioning teachers between the 30 minute period four and the 30 minute period five. So there is a 70 block period of time in the middle section of my schedule where they can do 70 minutes of math. That gives the teacher as we're transitioning about a 10 minute buffer as well so that you're still getting in those totals but you're actually a little bit more for math, but it means that you're probably gonna have a lot of time to actually get that full 60 minutes in. So because there is a gym period and a prep period on one of the days, we can't consistently make it every day, but from Tuesday to Friday, you can have a 60 minute math right after the teacher transition. That means that on Monday, we're going to need to put 60 minutes of math at a different time, but there is a block of time to be able to put math. However, if I'm looking at my totals for how many instructional minutes I currently have, that last block is an 80 minute block. However, I don't need to have 80 minutes of math. So I'm gonna put 40 minutes of math, which is actually gonna give me more time in my weekly schedule. And if the principal is going to be a stickler, what I would probably do is say, I'm gonna do 60 minutes of math and 20 minutes of science. Sometimes I put that I was gonna do a double block and that would be an 80 minute block of math. But when realizing that I also have to fit in visual arts and three science periods, I'm not going to have enough time to have that full 80 minute block of math on the first day of the week. So on Monday or day one. So what ends up happening is I can split that block it's 80 minutes, I can split it however I really need to, but it'll be a math slash science block and it will be 40 minutes of math and it could be 40 minutes of science. Now it also means that I want a double block of science. I do actually really like double blocks of science because if you are planning on using experiments or inquiry, especially in your science program, having a double block of science can be really beneficial. So in this schedule, I have it available for me to do a double block of science instead of doing three separate blocks. And it also then gives me a double block for visual arts on Friday, which is always lovely to put visual arts in a double long block on a Friday afternoon. Although with our rotational day schedule, that Friday isn't always going to be a Friday. But it means that I now have a double block of science, a single block of science, so single block of science on the Monday, double block of science on the Wednesday, and a double block of visual arts on the Friday, because my prep and a gym period has already been scheduled on the Tuesday and Thursday. So I just need to update my totals and double check that I have met all of the requirements for the time. Now, in all honesty, there is a little bit less time for the arts in the schedule, just by the nature of what is happening. However, those subjects can be integrated. So dance can be integrated into phys ed very easily. So it can be done during the phys ed period because you can cover aspects of the phys ed curriculum through the dance curriculum, as well as drama is easily integrated, not only in its own separate period, but also can be used and marks can be attained for drama 
in both language and social studies. Music is a prep coverage for us. We do have a dedicated music teacher and our allotment here is only 40 minutes. So there's nothing we can really do to change that. But it works out that most of our scheduled time meets the required, especially the mandated 500 minutes of language and 300 minutes of math. When you stick to those mandated minutes, it does make your time teaching a little bit more balanced. If you have a wonky schedule where it's not always 100 minute chunks, you can play or by using this Excel spreadsheet, you can play around with the levels and how much time you're spending. It also means you can evaluate whether or not you are heavy in one subject or not heavy in another. For instance, originally when we first got these schedules, my mornings were also assigned to be teaching not only health and drama, but also visual arts. But by laying it out like this, I realized that I wouldn't have the time I needed to dedicate to all three of those other subjects. And my other half teacher would have those. So she could meet her mandatory minutes and she would have extra minutes. So armed with that information, I was able to go back to my principal and present my case as to why I wanted a balance between the other subjects that we were teaching. So the kind of prep coverage subjects or the arts subjects to make sure there was a bit more balance between our schedules so that we'd meet the mandatory minutes. And that was graciously accepted and it was very easy for the principal to see, for my co-teacher to see how this all laid out and where the minutes came, and that it was a more equitable distribution of the reportable subjects. So the other thing I added to my total charts in terms of hours was I wanted to add up the arts as a arts total, since those are provided as a total value according to the reportable subject minutes. So what I ended up doing is again, using the same formula of equals sum, and then in brackets, I just selected the cells that I wanted to add together, put the closing bracket and hit enter. And it's a really easy formula that will add up the cells you want them to add. So as things change in your weekly time allotment, it will automatically update the total. So you're not constantly trying to figure that out because once you have the form set up, then it's done. So this is the guidelines that I use. This is where my school board provides the number of minutes and the guidelines for how many minutes each subject is. So integrated literacy, it does cover. My argument is always that social studies and science should not be included fully within those 500 minutes of language. There should be dedicated times. And yes, you can actually cover language expectations in social studies. Media, oral language is a excellent way to cover language expectations in social studies. However, social studies should have, and science for that matter, should have dedicated periods that are just for those. There is a lot of allotted time. I am insistent that every teacher that has my students should have a reportable subject, because if not, you're just asking for more work on your behalf. So if you have a prep coverage, that prep coverage teacher should be responsible for a reportable subject during that time or taking curriculum expectations and reporting off of you as the homeroom teacher. So by doing this, you are able to kind of arm yourself with how closely you can align your schedule to what is expected of you. And it helps to justify whether or not you're gonna be able to cover those minutes. 
So although the Excel version is handy, it's not really the greatest way to be able to create a schedule that you would post in your classroom or hand out to students that they would want to put in their locker or so on and so forth. So then what I take is I copy the colored squares that I made in Excel and I copy that back into Keynote. I use Keynote, you can also use PowerPoint, but you can copy it right back into that template and start editing and formatting your schedule so that you can change things. You can update the colors. If you have custom colors or special fonts that you want to use, you can change those much better in a PowerPoint to make it look visually appealing. Some of the things I do is center the text. I adjust the row heights of say where nutrition breaks are versus the periods. I want to make sure that I leave enough space, probably about a sixth or even an eighth of the top of the page, space for a title and other information. But I recolor one of the cells in the table on PowerPoint to make sure that they match. Perhaps if I have special borders in my room, I want it to match the color and theme of the different things. So for me, I like using Madly Learning Colors on my schedule to make it look pretty and formatted properly. And I just go ahead and format and change the different things, adjust column widths so that it looks a little bit more visually appealing, adjust fonts, colors, and sizing. So row height and row width. So in order to adjust the row height, you can select just the rows in the table that you want to adjust their height for. So just select singly the rows you want to adjust the height for, and then you can adjust the height for just those rows specifically. And then you can adjust the subject area or the period heights to be a little bit wider. So I always like to have my nutrition break narrow and less height and the height of the periods to be more or larger. I also like to add borders around each of these sections so that the periods are clearly defined between one another so you can see what is happening where. Now, once this is created and you have this template, I do like to duplicate these and create a student version. So I want a teacher version which lists my prep and prep coverage subjects. And then I also want to list a student version. So instead of the words prep, it'll say French or music there along with who's teaching what. So I may add the teacher's name for those areas as well. In this schedule in particular, I have indicated on the period times. So the first column where the periods are listed in terms of when they start, when they finish and how long they are. I have color coded those to indicate who teaches what. So which teacher teaches when. So the first half of the day is filled white. So that indicates that I will be teaching and the second half of the day is filled black, which will indicate that my teacher partner is teaching during those times. So now it's time to add a big bold title on the top of the page. I like using fun mixtures of fonts. I try to mix about three different fonts. I want a, a funky font, a bold font as well as a regular writing font. I typically will include that this is for my class. So for this instance, I'm putting class B. I will also put a subheading in a regular font. So therefore I have three fonts going on in the title here, just to add a little bit of variety. The fonts that I use for Madly Learning and for everything are the three separate fonts that I often will use are Kimberly Gaswin, Amy Gaskin's AG, Sorry Not Sorry for the script font. And then my regular text font is 
century Gothic, either in bold or just in a regular weighted font. Now, some other information I want to include is just information because there are two teachers that are going to be teaching this class. So just to create a little box that lets people know not only is it for which class, so who your teachers are for the class, as well as your room number. So I'm going to include both of those as well and format it just to make sure that it looks visually appealing and fancy. So once this is all done, I will simply duplicate it and make multiple versions. I will make a half page version where I essentially print one of these per page. I will also save these as image files in case I need to upload them to a website and I want to have an image of this file so I can, in Keynote here, I can export as an image file once they are created. So then I have an image of what the class has as well as what my schedule is. So when I am doing that, I will then take and duplicate this so that there are two on one page, or I will just use the print feature that says I want to print two per page. So I will duplicate the main one, select both of those pages, and then click print and say, I want to print two pages per one page as a print option. And that will allow me to print two smaller versions, which are great to be able to post inside an agenda or inside a locker for students so that they can have a smaller version that they can reference because sometimes those lockers are a little bit small and the agendas don't fit an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Well, I do make teacher versions as well as student versions of these so that I have the option. I do definitely like to post this and include things like if I have uh, standing staff meetings or standing team meetings, as well as duty schedules, I will put all of those on my teacher schedule so that I can see when that is happening in the week. And I always post those in my desk areas. So those are my tips as to what to do when you finally get that schedule to make sure that you are easily planning out what your week looks like for your class come September. Now, once you have your schedule planned, the next logical question is, now that I know when I'm teaching language, what do I actually do during that time? Well, I want to invite you to my upcoming masterclass on how to plan and schedule your language arts program so that you can simply and easily have a language arts program that works without the overwhelm of having to find everything on your own, searching and finding everything every single week. So I wanna teach you how you can structure your language program so that you can get everything done in the 500 minutes you're allotted every week. So if you are interested in changing what your language arts program looks like and you want to join our masterclass to get some handy hints and ideas, I want you to go to www.madlylearning.com forward slash masterclass 2021 to sign up for a time slot that fits your schedule. Thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week on another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.